0: Okay, so we continue our studies in the Sefer Das Hasphiros. We're in the fifth essay that's dealing with the five levels of soul. And we're giving practical application of that. And yesterday we discussed when Hashem speaks to us, there's five levels of how we can interpret it. So now let's look at a few other applications of the five levels of soul when it comes to prayer. Okay, depending on what level you're connected with, That's how you will view praying to Hashem. So let's start with the lowest level. The lowest level is nefesh. So how does a person approach prayer? Just to get what he needs in his life. You pray to God because you need certain things to keep you alive. And you just want that. And that is as far as he goes with his prayers. Okay, now that's the nefesh. Higher than that would be ruach, where now you're some feelings involved. So he feels that the place that he can get things is from Hashem. Okay, it's not that, and and that Hashem is the place to get it, and you can have certain feelings about Hashem because of that. Third level is going to deal with our neshama, where the person. Is praying and he under and he and he enjoys the spiritual aspect that prayer provides in praising Hashem, standing before Hashem. So he understands there's a spiritual aspect to this. The fourth level, when we go up to the Chaya level, is that he just can't wait to daven because he connects to Hashem. And that's a level of Chaya, where you feel that this is what my life's about. It's, this, is, this is my way of living. And they bring a, a short story with Rav Volbi, that for a long time he was davening in the yeshiva. And uh, when they changed the times of davening, the yeshiva used to daven mincha gedola, means the earliest time, like about one thirty. Then the yeshiva, for whatever reasons, decided they're going to say it at mincha katana right before shkia. So instead of early in the afternoon, it'll be late, late in the afternoon. And when the yeshiva made that decision, Rav be davin somewhere else. And they said, why do you stop davening the yeshiva? He said, I can't wait that long between shacharis and mincha. That it goes so long. I just can't be without talking to Hashem, they will have to go somewhere else that gives me a chance to talk earlier than that to Hashem. And the fifth, so therefore, is is like the experience you're waiting for has nothing to do at all, right? Actually, the third and the fourth level has nothing to do with getting anything from Hashem. It's not about getting anything. It's either getting a connection to Hashem in some way, and getting the spiritual experience. And then it's like, you can't wait for it. This is what life's all about. That's my. That's what I live for. I live for praying. Yes, that's and the fifth level of Yechida is he's so connected to Hashem. You know what he's really praying for? He's praying for the pain of the Shechina. Okay? And that's the highest level. He has nothing. It's nothing to do with him. But Hashem, I realize that when people are sick, You know what? It pains you more than anybody else. Gemara says that when anybody is suffering, what does Hashem say? He says, I feel terrible. Hashem Hashem wants to give. And if he's not giving, it's because people are messing up the system. And the system requires certain types of suffering. And Hashem, and now it's like you're feeling Hashem's pain. As it were. Remember, it's all as it were. Hashem can't feel any pain. But in his relationship with, it, he feels that pain, and the shrine is is in tsar, and that's the high, that means your mamish bound up, and your mamish feeling, that your whole essence of your life is Hashem, and therefore you know no difference. A, a parent who really is bound up with his child. If let's say the parent is suffering from a certain ailment, but when he sees the child suffering, he doesn't even notice his suffering. And he realizes the only thing he's focused on is the child. So if you are so at one with Hashem, it's not that you're just praying because it's a good experience and I don't care to get an answer. You don't care for the answer as much as you want Hashem's pain to be relieved. I'm doubting to Hashem, please heal this person so you will not be in pain anymore. That's a very high level of prayer. Again, that's all going to depend on what conscious reality you're living in. Now, um, it, they could intersect in certain ways. Hashem, I want your pain to go away, so therefore please heal this person. That doesn't mean to say you don't want that person healed. Of course you want that person healed. But that it's not the the, the only focus, and it's not the main focus. The main focus is Hashem, I want you to be healed. And theref- I want you to feel better. And therefore, please make this person feel better. And again, there's an- so that's a- another application. Another application is how we have relationships with other people. How does a parent have a relationship with a child? Right? So you want to love your child. So how do you show you love your child? On a nefesh level, you give them things. Okay, that's actual, but that's very low. That's only for the nefesh. If you give it and you're smiling and you're happy when you're giving it and you're not upset, that's a higher level. That's coming from the ruach. Okay, and from the neshama is let's say when you learn Torah with a child because now you're doing a spiritual connection with a child and if the person gives them something uh, that really, um, uh, that the child gets a lot of satisfaction from. I want him to really come alive, that's Chaya. And then if I'm doing this because really this is what Hashem, this will truly connect my son son to Hashem, then that's from the realm of Yechida. Okay. And similarly, yes sir. Uh, very well explained, Rabbi, but I just want to know maybe this is a wrong, wrong question. Where does Enod milvadot lie in this level? That's the last one. That's That's Yehida. That's Thank you. If it's Enod movado*, if you really, really understand it, then Enod movado* is Yehida. Okay. Now, also in terms of a person relating to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Okay? You could relate to Hashem only by doing mitzvahs and not more than that. And that could be like robotic ob- observance of mitzvahs. So your connection is to the actions of Torah, to the actions of mitzvahs. And my connection to Hashem is I do what He tells me to do and that's as far as it goes. But you can strengthen that higher that when you're happy doing the mitzvah, I'm really happy that I'm doing them. Okay, and that's your ruach. I'm really happy to do this for Hashem. I have feelings when I'm doing it. And you could raise it more to the level of neshama that I'm trying to connect to the holiness of the mitzvah. The spiritual connection that I get from the mitzvah And you can go higher that I really feel that my whole satisfaction comes from doing mitzvahs, which will relate to today's uh, Erev Shabbos Drush, I won't speak any more about. And the highest level is you figure my whole goal is to do what Hashem wants. And when I'm doing a mitzvah, this this is it. There's nothing more that I could have been doing at this time. And certainly, Hashem has revealed to the Jewish people that His main desire is the Jewish people. Okay, and therefore, what Hashem wants, so maybe you can do the same thing. So you have to understand what sphere you you what uh, level of soul you are working from to appreciate your connection to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Now, we're, we're not saying that anyone's evil if they're doing mitzvahs just because they're used to doing it, but you are shallow, and that's just the way it is, and that's the way you're deciding to live your life, and obviously the relationship is not as strong as it could be. So he brings an example from the book of Shoftim, where we're dealing with one of the... Um, the, what do you call it, the judges, and his name was Asneel ben Kenaz. One of the judges. And why was he called Asneel ben Kenaz, the Gemara asked, because really his name was Yehuda. That was his name. So why had to call him Asneel. So it's a, a hint to, Asneel comes from the word onna, to uh, answer, Kale is God. God answered him. God answered him. And he's also called Ya'avatz, Ya'avetz, from the word that he uh, he gave advice and spread Torah amongst the Jewish people. Skomor says, how do you know that? Let me go through a whole bunch of psukim where it says that Ya'avatz called out to Hashem and said the following prayer. It's all written in the note. If you will bless me, you will increase my borders and your hand will be with me you will give me a, a pasture so to speak without any sadness and then Hashem came to him and he gave him everything he wanted so Gemara says what was he really asking for Gemara says if you will bless me with Torah you will expand my boundaries with students. That's explained about it. If your hand will be with me, meaning I won't forget your Torah, and you will make for me pasture, you'll have friends with me that I can nurture from, without any sadness, that the eight Sahara will not, you know, take me off the pass, the path, so to speak, from changing. And if you do that good, and if not, I should go to the bottomless pit. And when then immediately Hashem said, "I'm, I'm gonna." He gave him everything he wanted. So Reb Chaim Shulevitz asked, "What did Asnil Ben Kanaz do to deserve to get all that Esa awesome blessing in spirituality? To have lots of Torah, lots of students, all that? It was just one request. How long did it take? A few seconds." And he got, why did he merit all this? So, to love his answers, we see from here, that if a person really, truly feels he has no reason to live, if not that he lives a life of Torah, and to not forget his learning of Torah, so he'll merit it. So, if you give me this fine, if not, I, might, I just feel like I've gone to the lowest pits. If he give me a life of Torah, I feel like I'm alive. And if not, I feel like I'm dead. So therefore, he felt if he doesn't have it, I'm, I'm nothing. So he gets it. Now why don't other people get it? Because they don't feel that their whole lives depend on it. Such an important idea. If you're doubting Hashem, you're saying, what, what is my raison d'etre? A lot of times we're praying, we don't even think about it. We just go to the, we go, as they say, in business, there's two types of businessmen, or really, not two types, but two activities a businessman has to be involved in. If you're the CEO of a corporation, of the the boss of a thing, what would you like to be involved with? But unfortunately, you're mostly involved with other things. Or you could be a principal of school, same idea. What is that? You'd like to be working on strategic thinking and strategic planning. Because that's how you're really going to make a difference. But what are you ultimately spending 95% of your time with? Putting out fires. Putting out fires. You're spending so much time putting out fires, you have no time to go further. So unfortunately, a lot of us in our lives, our nefesh gets bogged down into a lot of fires. And maybe even our ruach gets involved in a lot of fires. But where to really get to strategic planning? Well, from the level of the Shema and beyond and certainly Chai and Yechida. So as a Jew, what's my strategic plan? Do we ever do that in Yiddish? <laughs> we do that in business. We do that in a lot of others. What's your strategic plan? My strategic plan is to get into El My strategic plan is to totally um Subjugate myself to Hashem And be totally connected to Hashem That's my strategic plan And when you pray to God for that strategic plan He has to answer you But if you just say to God Put out the fires Hashem says "Well, Okay, why should I? How does that fit into your strategic plan? Sometimes it does But often it doesn't And therefore, you got to realize if you want your prayers answered, it's got to be something that Hashem is interested in answering for you. And again, that's the same thing if children ask things from parents, you know, just ask them for money. Parent may give, but resents it. How can you ask me for money, but never for my opinion? And you only ask my, my opinion if that opinion I say is a way to give you money. But how about if you don't get any money from me, but you want to hear my opinion? That would mean you respect my opinion. That means we have a deeper level of feelings towards each other. So, you know, how often does that ever happen? How often do children think, what does my parents know about this? They're old. This is a new world. This is a world with automation. This is a world of technology. This is a world of of, uh, likes and not likes, social media. What does my father know about this? So then... Relationship was being cut, but when you need money, dad's there. Somehow the stupid father has got money to take care of you. So, what so how does a father feel his relationship is? How come the kid only calls me when they need money? How come he never calls you just to know how I'm feeling? I was thinking about you. Well, because they're operating at a different level of soul. So it works the same way with our Shem. And it's to work the same way with other people as well, and therefore it's very interesting. They say the story uh, that was with Rav Boruch Ber Liebowitz, one of the great uh, Litvisha Gedolim before the Second World War. So he saw he heard someone giving a Russia that Torah is like air; you can't live without it. Pretty nice revert Bear says, that's not exactly true. Torah is not like air, but it's really life itself. In other words, yeah, oxygen. Without oxygen, you can't live. That's true. You can't live without oxygen, but you can't even live without living. <laughs> if you're not capable of breathing, what do you need oxygen for? Torah isn't just the oxygen. Torah is the ability to breathe. So without Torah, I'm not alive. That's a whole different understanding of that. Okay, and now um, uh, the issue becomes, okay, let's talk about, let's say, in the from world. Let's say in the from world. So what do we want? What does a, a real from person ask for? Hashem? Well, she bless me in Torah, Me pretty much like a snail by in no? Bless me with Torah. I shouldn't forget the Torah. I should have students. Okay, so there's one other thing we have to think about when we do that. Maybe, it's okay, it's just yeah, a pen. But some of us don't get answered when we pray just like a Ben-Kanaz. I think everybody who prays like us aren't there people who pray, Hashem, I want to succeed in Torah. I want to understand your Torah. I want to have students. It's all religious requests. Not, not even thinking about money. But then mm-hmm. again, you got to know even such a request, where is it really coming from? Sometimes that whole, re- you have to be careful now, so the whole request to be able to remember your Torah, to have students and this, is only coming from the nefesh. Why? Because you're just used to it. In other words, I do this every day. I don't really think about why I do it. But one thing's for sure, if I'm doing it, I might as well do it well. Hmm. There's nothing more frustrating than studying a piece of Gemara and not understanding it. Or studying it and forgetting it tomorrow. Or learning it on your own, and you're not able to give it over to anybody else. These are all, and you, but you do it every day. So you're doing it every day. So what is what is that request really coming? It's coming from the nefesh, and God says, "Okay, it's not really as it doesn't have that much to do with me." And then maybe it comes from the ruach. Why? Because maybe he's his emotions. He's jealous of others who are doing better than him. There are others who are getting good positions out there in the yeshiva world, and he's not getting one. You know, you can have very interesting reactions. I know stories, all kinds of stories of people. You know, there's people who commit themselves to learning Torah for many years. Okay, one story is not present company excluded. You don't know these people, so don't try to figure it out. So one person, two people came to the same conclusion. Uh, but they acted differently based on their conclusions. Uh, I just met somebody who's related to me and he's studying full time in Lakewood. He's been studying for years. So I'm just I just moved in. I said, So what are you up to? What are you what are your plans? What are you doing? He says, I'm retired. Yeah, he's only like 40. I said, You're retired? What do you mean you're retired? Because I know he sits and learns all day. He says, you know, I was always hoping that I'd get a good teaching position, to be a Rebbe in the Yeshiva, but I saw that so many people want that and you really have to have a lot of pull, a lot of connections, being married to Rosh Yeshiva's daughter, having a very wealthy father or father-in-law, which he has neither of them, just sincerity of studying Torah. So he said, you know, I see I'm not getting that, so I've retired from ever wanting to be anything special out there, of being a, a... get Shir, someone who, who like, an, like a professor of Talmud. I gave up on that. I retired. I'm just going to sit and learn all day. Okay, that, that's, that's a good, uh, honest evaluation. And he learns Torah because he loves learning Torah on whatever level he's on. Another person, though, was studying for years and really applying himself. And was a very smart fellow. Very smart. And for years after, um, in Kolel, he's studying and studying because he expected to get a very good position in in the courts in Israel. He's a scholar. Never got it. Never got it. What did he do? He gave up Yiddishkeit. He I'm not gonna bother with this. I mean, he's still a Jew, but forget it. And this is a man married for many years with children. He gave it up. Why? Because it really was for something else. And he didn't realize it was for something else. So you have to be awfully careful about that because it was only on the ruach level. And it's not bad. I mean, you should always have dreams and aspirations. I'd like to be a Rebbe one day. I'd like to spread Torah to others. That's that's a very nice thing. But it seemed to end there. Now, as you, it's not a bad thing to want, but you want to develop deeper connections to Hashem that would be, well, really, all I really want to do is your will. And if your will is for me not to be a Rebbe, that's also fine. But that was the missing there. And then sometimes you can get to the higher levels of Yechida, that you feel my whole life and existence comes from learning Torah. I'm not alive without Torah. And that was the Asnil Ben Kenaz understanding. So therefore, um, if you're asking Hashem for success, I ask you like the way Asnil Ben Kenaz meant, that I can't live without this Hashem. And they don't necessarily have to be uh, in a prominent position. But still, the can of have He says, I want to be able to learn, to not forget it, to have a Hebra, to have students, and this, I want to be Marbid's Torah. I want to do this all for you, Hashem. So you have to be careful. Why do you want to be Marbid's Torah? Because you'll get covered? Oh, wait a minute. That's not for Hashem. Are you feeling God's pain that not every Jew knows the Torah and you want to teach them Torah? doesn't necessarily uh, work out that way. They tell a story of a very, quote-unquote, plain, average Haredi family, right? Nothing special, very nice, from people, but they weren't big rabbis or anything. And they were result so that all their children became outstanding giants in Torah. And they asked the family, well, how did they merit that? So the mother said, that when they got married years before and she decided with her husband that their main focus of their prayers will not be on Parnosa. The main focus is that our children should go up to be Talmideh, Chachamim and Tzadikim. That was it. And as we know, the way a person wants to go, inside really, that's where Hashem takes them. So, therefore, they feel that my whole point of having children is to give God glory. If that's the only point, it's not that I cannot boast to my friends that my son is a Rosh Hashivah. Now you're hitting levels of and Yechidah. And if that's what you really want, Hashem is going to help you. Okay? And uh, same idea. Again, there was another family that had the same results. And they asked the mother, how did you merit this? And they said, uh, she said, because I, that's what I wanted. Yeah, but, but, but there's a lot of people who want that. They don't get it. Listen to this answer. She says, a lot of people want their children to be scholars, but they want other things also. Be <laughs> Scholars, good Pernosa. It's So there's a list. So there's a lot of things on the list. He says, I only asked one thing. That my children should be Sadiqin. That's the only desire I had. That's almost like David Eloh. There's one thing I ask from you. In other words, yeah, there'll be other things I will need. I will need other things. I will need bread on the table. Of course, I'm going to need bread on the table. But that's not what I'm living for. I'm living to have a relationship with Hashem and that's everything. Now, Hashem, if I die from starvation, I won't be able to have a relationship with you. So, But I'm sure if I have a relationship, you'll take care of those things. I don't have to worry about those things. And that's what. And that's why we say that psalm in Elul, that whole psalm, uh, which has that line. Why? Because sometimes you come to Rosh Hashem and you say, oh, i got a big list of things I want to ask from Hashem. answer is, you only have to have one thing on the list. One thing on the list is, Hashem, I want to be close to you. Hashem, I want to feel that my best things in life is being with you. And I I feel so close. I surrender everything to Hashem and just help me that I should be able to accomplish that. That's the only thing I'm asking for. And Hashem, if you do that, I'm sure everything will be taken in one way or another. It doesn't have to be the best lifestyle. I'll be able to live. And that, as long as I can live, <laughs> then that's all that matters. And you have people like that who live in Eretz Israel, who live in Lakewood, who live around the world, and that's all they're interested in because they're living on that level. You have to be careful. But if you're living that, yeah, I want to do that because I plan on having a good life because I really enjoy teaching Torah and I really want to get covered and all these other things. Said, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not part of the deal. If you want it for me, and that, and to be close, and for the ultimate purpose in life, and you're sincere, and that's the tricky part to know if you're sincere, Hashem will give it to you. But if it's this plus other things, oh, oh then, then that, that's not. It's got to be. That's all I want, and then Hashem will listen to that. Okay, that ends the fifth essay. We'll just scratch the surface of the sixth essay. We got a, two, three minutes. So we're now going to move in to the next number of chapters. We'll deal with the ten spheros. And we're going to see how what each sphera means, so to speak, and um, how that manifests itself within Hashem, within us. And now we're getting into that core mida, irrespective of what parts it's in. In other words, how it plays itself out in a certain plane of existence. But what's the core? And, and the reason we have to understand this because that is the way Hashem relates to us and we have it too. And if we're not aware of what we have, that's not. So now we got to discuss Kesser. That's the top. And the, that's the first sphere Kesser means crown. And it's also referred to in Hebrew as ayin. Aleph, yud, Sofis, which means nothing. Now why is it called ayin? It's because we have no concept of what that sphere is about because it's so lofty, because it's so ethereal, because it's so uh, beyond understanding. It's called iron. It means I have no idea what it is. Now, that's about Hashem. That's about us too, as you'll see. And just like the crown is on top of the head, okay, so therefore really it's not in your brain's. It's higher than your brains. It's beyond what you can even understand. It's it's secret. It's hidden. Spheros, the other spheres, I at least can talk about them. This one is beyond me. As the Gemara says, mimcha, things that are beyond what you can understand, don't try to understand. And that is talking about the sphere of Kesser. And just like the Kesser is on the head, it's beyond the head, it's beyond the intellect. Okay? So we're talking about that. Now that's going to be, and and therefore, the Vilna Gon says, Kesser now parallels the rutzel, the desires. Because there is, there's simple desires. I'm hungry, I want ice cream. I want to have honor. I want, there's a lot of desires. But if you have to peel back the layers to come to the root of all desires. So let's talk about Hashem. Hashem wants a lot of things. What's the root? The Kesser of Hashem. The root. Now, of course, it's not beyond what Hashem could think. But in, in anthropomorphic terms, what is the kesser? The kesser of Hashem is He wants to do good to the creation. That's it. You don't see it. You don't see that plaster all over the thing. It's the root of all desires. Olam chesed yibana. The world was built with chesed, meaning the ratzom, the will of Hashem, is I want to do good. Now, then there's going to be Thoughts about it, actions about it. But it's the same thing. A person's created image of a Hashem. A person also has a root of everything that he wants. But guess what? It's concealed from him at the beginning of his life. We don't really know what drives us, really drives us. Not levels and levels below. Oh, someone's punching on me. My desires, they should stop punching me that's a little two-bit desire I'm not saying it's not a desire it's not the desire of the desire of all the desires That's, that's mama shaping all the desires and that's what's called mufla it's beyond and really most of us don't even understand what that is and therefore Hashem will do a lot of things that don't seem to make sense and Hashem says don't try to figure it out because there's such a deep desire for things that is driving all the things you see and you don't see where that connects because it's something beyond. And truthfully, we all have that desire. We know what that desire is. That ultimate desire is to totally connect to Hashem. And everything else really comes from that. But if we don't understand that and we don't bring that into our realities, then everything can get distorted. And we can fool ourselves and think what my real desire is. My real desire is to be a concert pianist. My real desire is to be an NHL hockey star. My real desire is to be so rich. I, somebody wants so I want to be so rich that if I wanted to, I could take a private plane to where I want to go. Okay, but is that your desire of all desires? Now, we all have that. And for most of us, we don't even know what it is because we just haven't trained ourselves to see this. Okay, we will continue, and that'll be the main focus of tomorrow's class, Everything about the Kesser.